Welcome. Happy Monday. It is uh, Monday, August 28th. I am Gabriel Hernandez, publisher and EIC of comicalopinions.com. Welcome to our weekly video newsletter. Uh, as always, we're going to start off with our big op-ed, but before we do, please, if you're watching this video, like, share, subscribe, and comment. Let us know how we're doing, how we can do things better. Always looking for opportunities to improve, and so if you uh, wouldn't mind taking a moment just to kind of run through all that, I'd appreciate it, and uh, let's hop right in. So today's op-ed, we're going to talk about a concept that we see popping up a lot with all the comics that we review, and it's this idea of having one big idea and and how that relates to our pick of the week. And just to spoil it a little bit before we get to the section of reviews, our one uh, big idea comic that's going to be our pick of the week is Big Game Number 2 from Image Comics by uh, Mark Miller and uh, Pepe Larraz. Fantastic comic. Loved it a lot. Great energy and really big things happen. And you can hear the word big a lot in this op-ed and in this video. So if you don't like the word big, I apologize in advance, but it's just necessary because we've got to get there. Uh, so the idea is, the re one of the reasons why that comic works so well is because uh, Mark focuses in on one big idea and he executes it brilliantly because it's just nothing but uh, impact to the reader. You read the comic, you just can't believe what you're reading, and it just sticks with you, and the memory just kind of lingers. And that's what you want from every single issue, whether it's a, a one-shot whether or not it's an arc for three issues or six issues or more, or if it's an ongoing, every single comic should have one big idea. And if it's executed right and it's executed with as much energy and impact as possible, that makes that comic memorable. And so the op-ed today is talking a little bit about what that means, how it should affect the story and everything that's going on around it, and why that's so important for uh, if you're writing a comic, how you're writing, how you're planning it out and how you're plotting out your sequence of events, both for the individual issue and if you have a multi-issue arc, how you select what goes on in each one of those issues. Uh, so I'm not going to spoil the details of Big Game Number 2. There's going to be a link to the uh, review in the op-ed so you can read the details of the review and, and get a little, little bit more insight in what is, what's happening without spoiling it too much. Although from <laughs> Mark Miller's teases, you get the idea that uh, maybe some people don't quite make it out of that comic alive. Uh, the What I want to impress upon people, and, and we see this a lot with uh, especially younger or newer writers, younger in the sense of younger in their career, is th they want to be grounded, they want to be believable, they want to be relatable, they want to be, uh, I hate to say it, safe. The beauty of comics is that you don't have to be small, you don't have to be grounded, you don't have to be limited by things that might affect script writing in other areas. For example, if you're in TV, or if you're in films, or you're write, even writing a play, you're constrained by budget, you're constrained by what your actors can physically do, costumes, set, all of it. Budget is a big factor. In comics, there is no budget other than the actual creation and the printing of the comic. What you do within the side, the pages, is up to your imagination. You can do anything. And so what you want to do is you want to avoid constraining and limiting your imagination because you're trying to make it believable. Uh, that kind of lends itself to a bit of a problem that we have in the industry these days where people are sort of writing comics as pitches for other things like Netflix or trying to be picked up by a, a by, or optioned by a studio to make it into a film. That's all well and good. The problem is the comic in and of itself just tends to be very constrained, very confined by the future consideration of what it would take to make that comic into some sort of film adaptation. 
don't do that. Make it big. Make it wild. Make it crazy. Uh, make it as 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 immense and epic as you can possibly be as you can possibly make it. Then, if somebody wants to pick it up, fine. Pare it down. Uh, uh, shorten the script. Bring it down to where you need to to fit within the constraints of the budget. But when you're making the comic in and of itself, don't think about what it would take to make it as a pitch for a studio because that's just going to make it small and it's going to and nine times out of ten it's going to make it um, forgettable and we don't want that. So talking through that a little bit, to make it work, you need to have one big idea in the comic. A lot of times we see comic creators. Um, They'll have a lot of different things going on within the comic. They'll have characters going here, there, and everywhere, like it's like they're writing Tolkien, or they'll have a lot of, or or maybe they don't. They don't necessarily have one big central idea. You have to start with one central idea to make this work. The big idea has to be something that's impactful. It changes everything that's going on around it, and it either changes the direction of the story from where you thought it was going. Or it takes the story and makes it turns it into completely something else that affects everything that's going on around it. So, for example, let's say you have a family dinner at Thanksgiving, and you have different family members that are showing up, and they have their little stories that they're talking about: who's having a baby, who's getting married, maybe who's bakering up, or who's going to college, or all the little stories that are going on around it. That's fine for a drama, but in the middle of that, something needs to hit. Boom! Let's say the turkey explodes in the middle of dinner. And, and it just throws the whole situation into turmoil. Well, the big idea is how the family, which is a disparate group of people, would kind of rise above or, or react or interact or overcome whatever situation caused that explosion. And it, what it does is it forces everybody to take their individual smaller stories, which could be subplots or could just be character building or world building moments, and either push them aside or look at them from a different perspective or do something different for what's going on. One idea has to overshadow everything else. That one big idea doesn't necessarily have to be immense. It doesn't need to literally be explosive, but it needs to be something that comes through loud and clear, and it needs to overshadow everything else that's going on around it. Now, some people will say, well, what if what if it's a slow burn? What if I'm taking my time? Uh, you can do that in longer prose stories like novels, but what happens is you run into that dreaded D word, which is decompression. If you're taking a slow simmering um, path to get to where you want to go and each issue doesn't have one big idea, uh, that nine times out of 10, it's going to spell trouble because what's going to happen is people will get frustrated. They'll get bored. They'll start to tune out and they'll just stop reading the comic, regardless of how many issues it is. You have to have at least one big idea in each comic. When you get that impact from the big idea and it either changes the direction of story or changes what people are doing around that idea, then that's going to create some kind of gut punch that's going to make that that'll linger with you and stay with you. And that's what you want out of every single issue. Even if it's a multi-issue arc, you, you the individual issues have to have a single idea. Now we talk about the one idea, but we also say you have to have the big idea, but you also have to swing big. And what does that mean? That means you have to anticipate that the big idea is going to change what's going on around them and flip them in different directions. So let's take that example of, well, actually we give an example in the, um, uh, in the, in the op-ed about uh, Hunt, Kill, Repeat number three from Mad Cave Studios. It's another comic that was rated very highly that we liked a lot. Uh, I'm gonna spoil a little bit because that particular issue came out in May. So it's been a while, I'm gonna spoil it a little bit. Artemis, as in the Greek god goddess, Artemis is, 
on this revenge kick against Zeus and the rest of the gods because Zeus ordered the uh, death of her lover boyfriend and her son from their union. I think they actually got married. Uh, so the entire comic up until that point was a revenge story. She came out of this coma after being gravely injured. She was grieving the loss of her lover and her son, and she was just on a tear to kind of bring justice and avenge all of them. What you find out in issue number three, one big idea, is that her son is still alive and being secretly raised by Zeus to be a warrior. So even if you don't remember anything else about the details of that comic, that one big revelation, even though it wasn't huge in a physical sense, but it was a hugely impactful moment. What that does is it takes everything that's going around it and turn, changes what was a revenge story into a revenge, but now a rescue story. Because now she has a different motivation, that she has a different drive that moves Artemis forward. And now the story changes tone, it, it changes motivation, it changes... Uh, just the the all the whole urgency of what she's trying to accomplish now it's just not just about killing everybody to pay them back but now it's killing everybody but get to her son before something else happens to get him back it changes everything about that story from that one idea so when you're trying to do big ideas with a big swing which is the title of the sop ed you want to align the subplots and the different characters so that way when the big idea hits they're all impacted by it either their direction flips their motivation changes, what they, what they were intending to do now it takes on a completely different uh, tone and a different attitude. And then now the story becomes uh, richer and deeper and more uh, meaningful for the reader. Now, there are two ways you can do about a big swing for that to supplant or supplement the big idea. The one is you just have them lined up so that when the big idea hits, everything flips, you change the world around that idea. That's one thing. That's one way to do it. The other way to do it is you actually align the characters and you align the scenes that are playing out and the subplots in anticipation of making that uh, big idea happen. So, for example, in our pick of the week, which is big game number two, uh, Dr. Crane and the Chrononauts go back to 1986, I believe it is, to verify that a theory is, is true uh, about superheroes from the past. That setup, even though it's important and it, and it has meaning for the story, is an excuse to get those people out of the way while setup uh, setup is happening with Nemesis and the collection of supervillains back in the present. And so when they come back, now you have this setup where everything, where, where when Nemesis starts doing what Nemesis does, that's sort of a hint about what happens in that issue. Um, that that's an opportunity for him to, to just to, just to kind of clear the plate or clear the field, as it were. So you're, that, that scene with Dr. Crane and the Chrononauts going into the past is important for what it is, but it also creates an opportunity for that big idea to hit. So then when it does hit, it becomes even bigger. So you can have scenes and ideas and characters moving into place, moving to position and carrying out their activities, knowing that you're aligning them to make that big impact even bigger. So there are different ways to do a big swing around that big idea. One is just to have characters that are important or scenes that are important, or subplots that are important, uh, situated and, and crafted and designed so that when the big idea hits, they flip and into something completely different, which changes the tone and the tenor of the story. The other way you could do it, and, and a lot of times they're sort of joined at the hip, the other way you could do it is you have those characters uh, positioned and their scenes and their subplots playing out, 
with the express intent of making that big idea hit even bigger. And th those are different ways to do it. Now, when you don't do those things, a lot of times we see this in comics, they don't have a big idea or they have an idea that could be big, but they don't, they don't give it the underpinnings and the support that they need. Then half the time the, the comic just doesn't hit as well. It's not memorable. And sometimes it just feels like a setup or transition issue, which is sometimes okay, but it's not anything that anybody's going to remember. And we read a lot of comics that are not memorable. You don't want that. You want comics that are memorable. So that's the op-ed for today. If you want to read it in full, there are, there's a link down in the um, in the show notes down below. Um, it'll take you right to the op-ed so that uh, you can read it in full. Please provide your comments. If you like it, share it with your friends. If you have other folks that are into reading or want to know more about how comics work or how, especially from a reviewer's point of view, spread the word, let us know what you think, and uh, we'll see how it goes. So let's move on to the rest of the newsletter. So the first thing we're going to do, or next thing we're going to do, is we're going to talk about the reviews for the past week, and it was a big week. It's a very busy week. So we're just going to rifle through these pretty quick, uh, let you know what our pick of the week is, which is pretty obvious because we're kind of spoiling it for the op-ed. Um, but you let us know what comics you liked out of this list. Uh, hopefully you've read all of them. Now, or if there are some that aren't on the list, maybe some from publishers that you like that are not on the list, let us know. Let us know how we can get in contact with them. We'll see if we can work them into the review cycle. Okay. So first off, we have Grave Brigade, number one. It's an indie submission. It's about a squad of soldiers during World War II who are specifically set up to hunt down uh, supernatural monsters. So it's World War II Nazis. It's very ca uh, castle, uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein. So if you like that type of story, that's a good pick. Santo Sisters, number number four. That is uh, about a sort of a tongue-in-cheek, uh, funny uh, um, pair of sisters who are superheroes who deal with um, uh, supervillain threats. But there's a little bit of humor. Uh, if you like uh, sort of a mix of Archie and Crack Magazine, that's a good choice for you. Uh, moving on to the, the the bigger or small and medium-sized publisher stuff, we have Keys of Cthulhu, number uh, one shot from Zenoscope. Uh, that's uh, focusing on Avril Williams, who's a witch, and she's have been uh, selected as one of the keys to help uh, Dagon free Cthulhu. So that's that's obviously a problem. Uh, Kingspong number 25 from Image Comics. That was a solid choice. Battle Chasers number 12 from Image Comics. Uh, Joe Mad is really knocking it out of the park with this, with this story. You get a lot of subplots happening all at once, but they all get their fair share and a, and the, and a lot of movement going forward. So that's a, you get a lot of story for your money in that particular issue. Uh, Vampirella versus the Superpowers number four. Uh, we're liking her Vampirella's interaction with the project and the uh, and the character and the sort of the Hollywood crime noir thriller stuff that's going on in that particular story. So if you like uh, sort of Black Dahlia kind of stories, but with a superhero or supernatural twist, that's a good choice. Uh, Blade Runner 2039 number six. The story is really getting big, uh, maybe a little bit too big. Uh, but uh, Ash and uh, Cleo are on their way to find uh, uh, the uh, Isabel Selwyn so they can return the plans for the potential for replicants to give birth. So that's a big deal development in that universe. Uh, Mighty B Barbarians number five from Michael Morrissey. The big idea in this one is there's a cameo. It's a huge cameo and it's not Conan. But it is a huge cameo, and when that when that cameo hits, it changes everything about the story. So that's another good example of a big idea. Uh, King Kong: The Great War number three. That one's okay. They're, the soldiers are getting through, are going through the island, and they're just facing one kind of monster threat after another. So if you like monsters, and this one's actually a bit gory, so if you want to be scared of Skull Island, this this is a good opportunity to uh, get into them. 
Starfinder Angels of the Drift number two. If you like the RPG, you're going to like this comic. It, it, you get a lot of lore and a lot of content in that particular issue. And our pick of the week is Big Game number two from Image Comics. Oof. Just you, as soon as you read through it, uh, my react, my personal reaction was, holy cow, holy cow. So that's the kind of reaction you want out of a comic. And that, that's a pristine example right there. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, number 111. Uh, Mistress Vile is, has uh, figured out a way to awaken the, uh, uh, the great darkness that's been trapped in an alternate dimension. So that's big trouble for the uh, Rangers, that's for sure. Our Darkwing Duck, number eight. Uh, so Darkwing is on a race to find <laughs> Launchpad's uh, special compass uh, before Neptunia gets there. And Gizmo Duck makes a, a big, uh, big appearance in that particular issue. Exorcist Never Die from uh, number five from Mad Cave Studios. The uh, the Exorcist, Syl and Ed, they come up against Envy. So that's a, that's a great meta commentary about relationships and how Envy can in impact in a negative way what's going on with the two people who are in love. Uh, Gunbreed number two, that's the adventures of the undead Sheriff Kane. And this time he's facing off against more curses and, and a witch or two starts to show up in this issue. So that, that, that spells trouble for the future. And uh, Robin Hood number 100, it's a milestone issue for Robin Hood. This is a great walk down memory lane, but it's also got some present day adventures mixed in. So if you want to know more about the Robin Hood character, this is a good pick for you as well. So most, there isn't, a, to be honest with you, there isn't a stinker in the bunch. They're all pretty good. So we've had, we've had a good week this week. So let's talk about what's going on next week. We have an indie submission Gargoyle by Moonlight. It's a one shot. Uh, we also have another indie submission, The Gloaming. So we're looking forward to seeing what that's all about. Titan Comics uh, has Conan the Barbarian number two. The first issue was really good. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Titan can do with uh, Conan going forward. Uh, speaking of Hunt, Kill, Repeat, we have Hunt kill, Hunt, kill, Repeat number six from Mad Cave Studios. That's coming out this week. We also have the end of uh, the um, Zach Thompson's miniseries, Nature's Labyrinth number six from Mad Cave Studios. Scorch number 21 from Image Comics. That's the um, Spawn uh, spinoff series. And that's uh, that's moving along nicely as the Heaven Hell War starts to heat up. Uh, Grim Fairy Tales, no volume two, number 75. This is the big culmination of the year of Lovecraft for Xenoscope. So uh, let's see if they can pay it off. It's been a long year and a lot of uh, Lovecraft horror. So we'll see if they can pay it off. And we're looking forward to that. Uh, Grim Spotlight Zodiac versus Hydra. Uh, that's a one shot about the uh, two characters. We don't see that often. So uh, that we're looking to looking forward to seeing how that and how that works. Uh, Deja Thoris Volume Four Number Six. This is the next round in the Deja Thoris series that predates the time before she met John Carter, uh, where she was a younger princess, not a little girl, but still an adult, but before John Carter, uh, when her kingdom was attacked uh, by the. Um, by the uh, by, by the uh, tribe of uh, advanced aliens that that take over your head. So that's uh, I forget their name. Oof. That's uh, <laughs> I want to say Cahoons. No, uh, I don't know. Anyway, all right. So we're moving on. Uh, Dracula, Draculina, Blood Sibyl number five. That's the ongoing series from Christopher Priest, where uh, Draculina is having some problems adapting to life separated from her alternate universe self, young Katie. It gets complicated. It's Christopher Priest, of course, it's getting complicated. So we'll do our best to work through it. Uh, but usually, that 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 particular series has a fantastic art. So we'll so we're looking forward to that. Elvira in Monsterland number four. Love this series. It takes if you're a, if you're a monster monster horror movie fan, um, 
the Dave Avaloni is doing a fantastic job of putting in references, uh, callbacks, uh, puns, humor. If you like track, if you like Elvira type of horror comedy, this is a fantastic series. Highly recommend it if you if you haven't picked it up already. And Sirens Gate number four. This is a continuation of the series that started uh, by um, uh, uh, Sean Mayer. Is it Mayer? It's Mayer. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. He's, he's best known for doing uh, cover work, but this is his first internal page comic. And it's been a while since we saw number three. So I'm interested to see how this one picks up. So that's it for this week. It's uh, Monday, the 28th of August. I'm so glad you decided to join us. Go ahead and check out that op-ed. Go ahead and check out the reviews. Let us know what you like and what you don't like. Please share, comment, subscribe, and uh, and give us your feedback. We will want to do better. And, and also from the results of the poll, we're looking to uh, convert this also into a podcast. It's going to go up on Google Podcasts. will be our first platform. And what we'll, as soon as we have more information about that, we'll let you know. So this is Gabe Hernandez for Comical Opinions. Thank you so much. Have a great Monday, and we'll talk to you soon.